I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Right, ladies, the episode you have been waiting for. So last week I shared my HA recovery story with you, hypothalamic amenorrhea, HA, we will refer to it as HA for the rest of the show, but I did have HA for 12 years and I got my period back two weeks ago. So last week, if you never listened to the last episode of my podcast, definitely go back. You can listen about like how I got HA, what it was like going 12 years without my period and why it like was like that, like why I went so long without my period and then what the past year has looked like because yes, I committed to what we call HA recovery for a whole year. And then I got my period back two weeks ago. Yay! Honestly, super excited. As I mentioned last week, I like legit sat on the toilet for half an hour, bawling my eyes out, out texting all of my friends. I was super excited. So yeah, I shared all about that last week week. And I feel like last week it was just nice to sit down with my mic, share from my heart. It was kind of all over the place, but at the same time, I hope you loved the episode. It felt really good to share that. It was like my first time really sharing it, um, you know, out loud, like talking. I talked like I texted or, you know, talked about it a lot like online, but it was pretty cool to sit down and actually share my story. But like I said last week, this week is all about answering your questions about getting your period back. So again, I'm sitting down with my mic, tackling all of your questions related to getting your period back and everything that that includes. So I'm super excited about this episode. And yeah, I just feel like yesterday or last week was a really great intro. And then this week, we're really going to get into things. So let's get started. I created a document on my computer with all of your questions. There is a lot. So let's get going. Okay. All right. (laughs) So um, first question was, what made you commit to going all in? And I should note that there might be a little bit of overlap from last week. So I hope you're okay with that. And yeah, I'm cool with it if you're cool with it. So what made you commit to going all in? And so I did mention this last week, and that was a few things. So I knew that not getting a period was not normal. And as I kind of mentioned last week, 
my not getting a period just kind of started to feel very normal to me, even though it's like a not normal thing. Like, just like how I have a right and left leg, it felt like it was just another part of me. And that was a huge wake up call for me. And I was like, wow, this is not cool. Um, it's not normal. And I really want my period back. And also, I mean, to be completely honest, like I think a lot of women think that in order to be super motivated to get your period back, you have to want to also like have a baby really soon. And I mean, Scott and I want babies in the future, at least one or two, but definitely not now. Okay, so no babies in like the foreseeable like next five years. Like, yeah, completely honest there. So it's not like I was like motivated by like wanting to have a baby like right now, but it was kind of one of those things like I wanted a fully functioning body. And so I wanted just like to be healthy, but I also wanted to have that option in the future. So that was like the thing that really had me commit to going all in. And then how long did it take to get my period back? So it did take me one year, basically like almost one year to the date, like one year short of a week. So it did take me that long. And then one of the other questions that I had was why did it take me so long? So I thought this was really like an interesting question And I actually got asked this several times and I just like thought it was so important that I address this. So why did it take me a year? Um, yo, I went 12 years without a period. So did I expect that after like 12 weeks of just like eating all the foods and relaxing and treating my body with the love and respect that it deserves? Did I expect it to come back in like 12 weeks when it had like just been part of my life for 12 years? Absolutely not. I was committed for the long run. So you just have to remember that as well. Like it takes time. Like your body needs to settle into this space where it's like, wow, okay, this is like consistent. I can actually trust her now. And now I'm going to bless her with a period, you know, that sort of thing. So I think like, I mean, we, if you're in this position, if you don't have a period, it's likely that you really like treated your body with some, at least some disrespect in the past, right? Like I'll be completely honest, as I mentioned before, like I had three eating disorders in the past. I did not respect my body for a lot of years. So I knew that I was just going to have to be really patient with her and treat her with love and respect. And then she would do the same for me when she felt safe enough. So I just really wanted to share that. That's why it took me so long, honestly. And yeah, it, it like, I mean, my body has literally been through the ringer and it's it like when you're not getting your period, your brain's basically on stress mode, right? And it takes a lot for your brain to be like, wow, okay, I can feel calm again. I can start putting like all of these 
resources being like calories, right? So when you first start feeding your body, when you're trying to get your period back, it's not like all of a sudden, all of those calories are going to like your reproductive organs. Absolutely not. It's going other places to your in your body. So once your body is like finally like, okay, now I'm kind of caught up. Um, now I can start fueling my reproductive organs. Like that's how it works. So it did take a long time. Yes, it took a whole year. And some people get their period back in a month. But I think it's so important that we can't um, compare our journeys to someone else that we see online or one of our other best friends, like whatever the case, if I did that, I probably wouldn't have stuck to recovery, right? I had a lot of friends getting their periods back way before I did. One of my really close friends got it back within a month. And then two of my close friends, they both got it back like way before I did. And if I was comparing myself to them, I wouldn't have stuck with this. So I just wanted to throw that out there as well. Um, Just kind of like put your blinders on, stay in your own lane and um, commit to you and like who cares how long it takes right like who cares so yeah that's kind of my rant about that um and then what time periods of my recovery were the most difficult so I truly like I reflecting on the past year I don't really feel like I had like screaming difficult time periods you know like there are definitely days where I was like wow um I feel really uncomfortable in my body right now you know like that sort of thing um but food wise like I loved eating lots of food like I never had an issue eating a lot of food it was it was awesome eating a lot of food and again as I mentioned last week even though I did like sprinkle in some exercise here and there and I was like exercising, um, at some points, like not exercising wasn't a huge thing for me either. Like I went periods without exercising. So that wasn't a huge struggle for me. I think at the very beginning, um, and just like gaining a lot of weight and not having like any of my clothes fit. Um, that was probably the most challenging. And I would say, so like I started recovery, August 22nd of last year. And then by December, I would say I reached like the weight that I am right now. So my weight has been pretty consistent or very consistent ever since December. So it was like from September until December. So those handful of months, um, were probably the most difficult, I would say, just because that's when I like put on all the weight that I did and just like getting used to the new size of my body. But now it's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine not having this extra weight on me. Like it just feels super normal. So that's kind of like my tip for anyone like dealing with the lows or like, you know, the difficulties of gaining weight. If you are struggling with gaining weight, like if you are having a hard time 
adjusting to that. I just want to remind you that that is just like temporary. And soon enough, you will get to the point where I am right now. And I've been here, I've been sitting at this place since again, like I would say January, right? Um, So the majority of this year, I've been here just like being like, wow, yeah, I am totally cool with this body. So if you're at a point where you're not, know it's temporary. Um, We're like innately programmed to not like change, right? Like we as humans, we just like don't like change. So when your body's changing, you're going to have like minor freakouts or really crazy, intense, big freakouts. But just know that it's like super temporary. And a year from now, you're going to like look back at old pictures of yourself and think like, wow, um, I cannot imagine being back at that place. Right. Um, that's where I am. And I know you'll get there too. Now, another question was, did I deal with any like GI issues while healing? So I, did not deal with any like GI issues other than the fact that like I was like sometimes bloated and distended, but I don't really necessarily count those as GI issues. We're eating a lot of food. Our bodies aren't used to eating a lot of food. So you're going to get some bloat. You're going to get distension. But I think our society has like deemed bloating as super bad, not a good thing, something that we should feel like guilty or shameful about, or that it's just like wrong in general, right? We like, honestly, diet culture has told us that bloat is bad. And it's just like, that's just not the case. It's not bad. So I just want to throw that out there. If you're going through HA recovery and you're bloated and you're distended, no, that's normal. It's a normal part of the recovery process. And now like I have my period back, I'm super not bloated. Um, and I haven't been like, you know, but I still get bloated at times. Like it just, it was a big mindset thing. Um, huge mindset piece. And I work on this with a lot of my clients is like so many women get so caught up in bloat being bad, but that's kind of one of those beliefs that we have to unlearn from diet culture. Diet culture has taught us that bloat is bad. It is not bad. It is normal when you eat food. So just keep that in mind. Um, and then the next question is, did I have to gain weight? And I just want to add on what this other, what this um, woman also said, she said, did you have to gain weight? I don't want to have to do that. I'm at a healthy weight. So first part of this question, did I have to gain weight? Yes, I did. I am 30 pounds heavier than I was when I started. So I gained 30 pounds since last year, since I Um, like before I began HA recovery. So I gained 30 pounds throughout the process. I gained those first or those 30 pounds in the first few months. So from the end of August until like the end of December. And then I've been like sitting around that weight um, for 
like since then. So for the rest of the year, like for all of 2019, I've been sitting at that weight. And no, I don't weigh myself daily or regularly. I stopped weighing myself like in January and I'm still at that weight today. I just recently when I got my period, I weighed myself just for like data. You know, I just like wanted to see like, oh, now that I have my period, like how much weight did I actually have to gain? So I weighed myself and I'm the same weight that I've been at for like what the past eight months or so. So I did have to gain weight. But um, what this person is saying, I don't want to have to do that because I'm at a healthy weight. Here's the thing. For many, many years of my life, I also thought I was at a healthy weight. But I wasn't getting my period back, which is a huge sign that I wasn't actually at a healthy body weight for my body. So whenever someone says like, I'm at a healthy weight, but I'm not getting my period. Well, you might actually not be at a healthy weight then. Like what's, what's making you say that you're at a healthy weight just because you look good? Like you don't look sick? I don't know. Um, what's making you say that? Um, a BMI chart? Yeah, I went off a BMI chart for a really long time. And like, you can listen to previous podcast episodes about BMI, the truth about BMI, but that's actually not a good indicator. Your period's an awesome indicator. So I wouldn't be going off BMI if that's what you're doing. So I'd be curious, like, why do you think you're at a healthy weight, but then you're not getting your period? So my advice to you, if you're not getting your period, it's likely that you're not eating enough. And if you start eating enough and then you gain weight, then you are probably not at a healthy body weight. So I would up your calories, make sure that you're eating at least 2,500 calories. And if you gain weight, then you needed to gain weight. So that's exactly how I approach this. So at the beginning of my recovery back in August of last year, I started eating a minimum of 2,500 calories. And as I shared with you before, that's a minimum. So um, just even like within the past few weeks, like leading up to me getting my period, I was much, much closer to 3000 calories. And, um, yeah, like, I mean, I gained weight and that was clearly because my body needed to, and I'm super proud of myself for doing that. So I would encourage you to up your calories. And if you gain weight, you needed to gain weight. Now, tips for bloating. I kind of already covered bloating again. So I I did my best to arrange these questions in like a format that flowed. But yeah, tips for bloating. Honestly, mindset shifts. There's nothing wrong with bloat. It's diet culture. But um, 
I really love using my essential oils. So you guys know I all I use doTERRA essential oils. They are amazing. So they really help with digestion. Our digestive blend called Digestin or Zengest in Canada, that really helps for bloating. So there are some nights where I would have like a big snack and sometimes I just like felt kind of like, you know, indigestion or just full tummy, whatever. Um, and if you rub some digestion on your stomach, that really, really helps for any type of bloat or indigestion or GI, um, you know, upset or anything like that. And then the next woman has written in and said, I am underweight and eating when I'm not even hungry. This feels so wrong. Yeah, because again, (laughs) diet culture has told us that we have to be hungry in order to eat. And that's what's wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. I eat every single day when I'm not hungry. Let me say that again. Every single day, there is at least one meal or at least one snack but usually multiple, where I'm not hungry and I still eat. And there's nothing wrong with that. So there's that. And then just going off of what you said about being underweight, when you're underweight you're and like under eating, your hunger cues are also probably really off. So your body isn't like, focusing on producing hunger cues right now. It's just basically like focusing on keeping you alive type thing and all of the other necessary functions in your body, aka like brain function, heartbeat, all those things, right? Having hunger cues isn't like a main priority for your body. So if you're underweight, under eating, yeah, you're probably not going to have amazing hunger cues. Once I gained weight and um, started eating more, I definitely had hunger cues. But like I said, there's definitely days, well, every day, like I have a meal or a snack or whatever when, and I'm eating when I'm not hungry. And ladies, that is not a big freaking deal, especially when you're working to get your period back. Like, we're not at a point where like our goal, you have to keep your goal in mind, right? What's your goal? Getting your period back. And what are the, one of the main requirements for getting your period back? Making sure you eat enough. So that kind of like overrides everything else. One of your main goals right now isn't um, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full and that sort of thing. Like that's not your main goal. So get super clear on what your main goal is. If you're writing in a question for me for this episode, I'm going to assume that one of your main goals is getting your period back. So let's be super clear on that and do all the things that um, help us get our period back. And that is being consistent with hitting a certain amount of calories every single day, whether you're hungry for them or not. And I think it would help you if you removed that thought of it being so wrong when you're eating, when you're not hungry. 
Like maybe a mindset shift for you could be like, okay, I'm going to eat even though I'm not hungry. And this is going to help my body turn my hunger signals on. Do you see the shift there? So instead of eating and being like, this feels so wrong, I'm not supposed to be eating right now, shift your mindset and be like, okay, I might not be hungry right now, but that's because I'm underweight and I'm trying to turn my hunger signals on. So I'm going to eat anyways. Does that help? I hope it does. Next question is about exercise. So I will be completely honest. The questions about exercise were the most asked questions. Did you have to quit exercise? Oh, I could do an entire podcast episode all about this. And I will be in the future with my friend Erin Holt because She has been talking a lot about adapting like your exercise for the phase of life that you're in. So if you're in a stressful phase of your life, then you shouldn't be adding in additional stress and you should be adapting your exercise to that stress. So that's exactly what I did. Full transparency. Yes, I exercised. I know some people, some women aren't able to exercise at all. I've heard some women say that they had to completely quit exercise. But as I mentioned in last week's episode, I think it's all about um, like where you aren't feeling like your life is flowing. So if you are very controlling and rigid and obsessed and disordered with exercise, then yeah, you're going to be one of those women that have to cut exercise. I wasn't one of those people. I went months, weeks without exercise, and then I would do some exercise. But here's the key. I adapted to my specific situation. I did not do any intense exercise. I'm not a runner. I freaking hate running. I just, I never do that. I would walk. I didn't do any yoga. Well, I mean, maybe like a handful of times over the past year. It's just not something that I thoroughly... Like, I don't know. I just like, I guess I don't love it enough because I'm never consistent with it. I I mean, I wish I was, but whatever. Each to their own, right? My thing, the thing that I am like, I love, I just love strength training. So what I did was I adapted. I didn't do any heavy weights. I really kept things easy. And I took like three minute um, breaks between each lift. So that's what I did. It clearly worked for my body. And um, yeah, I shared this last week. I did do one strength training workout um, the day before I got my period. So anyways, I just wanted to touch on this because again, this is the question that I get asked 
most often is about quitting exercise. And even if you go back and listen to my podcast episode with Nico, all about hypothalamic amenorrhea, we talked about it in episode 44. The two main things that she even writes about in her book, No Period, Now What? It's number one, eating a minimum of 2,500 calories. And number two is cutting out all high intensity exercise. So you want to do things that don't stress your body out. So I'm sorry, one of you wrote in to me and said that you love running. That is a very like intense type of exercise. So If you like being outside and running or what have you, I would definitely, definitely recommend that you switch to walking. So that would be my recommendation. And then another one of you said that the quitting exercise aspect is causing more upset than not getting your period back. So again, like, I like I shared last week, I was totally chill about like exercising or not. I just chose to move my body whenever I felt like it. But like I would go months and weeks without Um, if like it's causing you a lot of stress, like we need to tap into like why? Like, do you have like this obsession with exercise and why? Is it rooted in like body image issues or like what beliefs are you holding on to? regarding exercise and like, where's that fear coming from? We really, really need to address that. There's so much inner healing work that needs to be done when getting your period back too. So you can like fully recover, right? Like, I don't want you girls just doing the things, getting your period back and then like still like mentally struggling, right? You have to go inside and being like, okay, why is this stressing me out so much? So for the one of you who said that, um, you know, quitting exercise is causing you so much upset, then let's really dive into that. And for you, I might say like, then it's probably time to take some time off of exercise so you can heal your relationship with it and not feel like you have to do it. And then this question is fun. If you had to pick one first key step to recovery, what would it be? Hmm. First key. I don't know. Just eating a shit ton of food. I think that's like most important thing here. You just need to eat a lot of food. Let go of portion sizes. I actually made a note of that to talk about letting go of portion sizes um, because I think um, so many of us like hold on to what like a normal meal should look like hey, um, this is not a time to be like eating like quote unquote, whatever a normal meal looks like, like just freaking eat and eat and eat and eat. And then I guess like first key step is push yourself. Like every time you build a meal, could I eat more? And if the answer is yes, then put more potatoes on your plate, put 
an extra pat of butter on your vegetables. Take an extra thing of like steak or, you know, like eat a bigger steak, whatever. I don't know. Um, Just like I think that would be one of my first key steps is like really push yourself and with every meal, ask yourself, like, could I eat more than this? Because again, going back to like the rhythms, I think I talked about this last week, but we're in this rhythm and we kind of like get in this rhythm of like, oh yeah, this is like what a meal looks like, but can you push yourself a little bit more? That would be, um, probably my first key step is pushing yourself beyond like where you currently are. And then um, next question is about calories and like increasing calories. When did I stop increasing my calories? So it wasn't like I just continue to increase and increase and increase my calories. I set a minimum of 2,500 calories, hit that every single day. And then like if I was hungrier or whatever, I would eat more than that. So I hope that answers your question. And then health improvements beyond getting my period back, as in like, did my digestion improve? Did my sleep improve? Did my skin improve? Hair, nails, that sort of thing. Um, This was another thing that probably delayed me to committing to going all in is because I really didn't have any other symptoms other than not getting my period back. I mean, a lot of girls, their hair is falling out. They can't sleep. They're always cold. Like all of those really key symptoms. I wasn't getting any of those. So it was like kind of one of those things for me for a while that I was just like, maybe this isn't like HA, right? But it was obviously because by doing the HA recovery things, I got my period back and I ran blood work. Anyways, um, health improvements. I do have one though. I was like on and off constipated and now every single day I have a regular bowel movement and that happened quite quickly just when I was, when I started eating enough food, like 2,500 minimum. So that's kind of like one of my biggest things with constipation. Like, as most of you know, I am a registered holistic nutritionist and so many of my clients will come to me and they're constipated all the time. And I honestly think like the number one cause of constipation is simply women not eating enough food. Truthfully, I think that's like the number one thing because as soon as I started eating enough food I was no longer constipated and now I have regular bowel movements but if you are dealing with like dry brittle hair or hair falling out or you're cold all the time or your sleep is horrible eating enough food and going through this recovery process I can guarantee you that um, things will improve for you oh and libido. Way better now. Did you know your period was coming back and what signs did you have? So the week leading up to getting my period back, I all of a sudden like felt like 
so many rolls on my stomach, like more than usual. And I just felt super, super puffy. And like, I just felt like I was holding like way more gush on my stomach than I had been. So that was definitely something. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if my period's coming back. And I was really hoping it was, but I wasn't too sure. And then my forehead majorly broke out like crazy. I actually did a beauty counter charcoal mask a couple nights before, two nights before I got my period. Funny thing, um, because my forehead broke out so much. And then if you're familiar with like the different phases of cervical mucus, I was getting like sticky phase, which isn't really what you get right before your period. I don't believe, but I got that. And I was like, hmm, this is also very interesting. So there was like a few signs like that. And then I got my period on Tuesday, two weeks ago. And that whole week when I got my period, my lower back was so sore. So like I didn't have like sore boobs or any like, you know, menstrual cramping that sort of thing I did not have, but I definitely had like that pre-period kind of puffiness feeling, crazy breakout, and some different cervical mucus than I was having prior to. So that's very interesting. Oh, cannot forget, I was so emotional that day too. So let's rewind. I never shared this last week. (laughs) Um, I went out for groceries the afternoon of the, like I got my period in the evening and I went out for groceries that afternoon and I came back from grocery shopping and I just like got into the house and I was just crying. And Scott was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Are you okay? And... No, he doesn't actually sound like that. (laughs) But he was just like, what's wrong? And I just like was sobbing. I was like, I don't know. I'm so sad. You know, like I was just like so emotional. And then about like three hours, I got my period. So I was like so emo that day. And now the next (laughs) After after all that, let's move on to the next question. Um, how did you start having a good relationship with food? So here's the thing. Like, I think a lot of girls who are going through like HA recovery might also be going through eating disorder recovery. Now, that wasn't the um, issue with me. So I had a good relationship with food. Um my whole like repairing my relationship with food really happened back in 2013. And that's when I just like let go of all food rules. And yeah, I just, I mean, I had a healthy relationship with food going into this. But what I would say to you is like really 
letting go of food rules, challenging, like if you have good and bad foods, that sort of thing, seeing food as just food, really loving yourself. Um, I know easier said than done, but just treat this whole HA recovery journey as like a journey of learning to truly love and take care of yourself. That would be my recommendation for you. And I know a lot of people like Taylor, she was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about food freedom. Go back to that episode. You can hear that chat um, on episode 74 it is. So Taylor shares her relationship of like letting go of restriction and really embracing food freedom. So we talk a lot about food freedom in that episode. And it's really about like challenging all of those really messed up beliefs you have around food and um, just like allowing yourself to just eat and not make your life all about food. I know I did the same thing back in 2013 was really like challenging all of these weird things. Like if you are holding this like twisted belief around carbs and like start eating carbs, you know what I mean? Like, um, just really challenge yourself. I guess one thing that I would always say to myself back then was fear is my green light. I would say that over and over again. So if like a food kind of like freaked me out, then I would just like eat it because I needed to repair my relationship with food, you know? So I think the reason why I'm having like a difficult time, like answering your question, it's because I do think this is also super individual. I'm not sure what like your relationship looks like with food right now. Like, are you restrictive or you know, are you not like, I don't know exactly what your relationship with food looks like, but I think for the majority of the women, it really does start with challenging our beliefs around food and challenging those beliefs. Like if you're scared of, I guess this is one thing that I did. Like I never ate, um, dates like ever. And now I eat dates all the time. (laughs) Like, you know, just like stuff like that. Like I had a healthy relationship with food, But there was even things that I'm like, huh, like, why don't I eat this food? So I'm going to eat it, that sort of thing. Now, um, my next question is what I ate and if I always hit minimums when I wasn't hungry. And I know I talked about this last week. Yes, yes, yes. I did hit the minimums at all times, even if I wasn't hungry. My main priority was to be consistent. I really, really wanted to be consistent with this because I knew that I couldn't just like do it some days and then not do it other days. Remember, this whole process is about getting our bodies to trust us again and feel safe again. And I knew my body wouldn't feel safe if I was doing the things like if I was feeding it right one day and then the next few days I wasn't hungry so I just didn't eat as much right like that doesn't really like provide a safe environment for our bodies so yes I did always hit the minimums even if I wasn't hungry and as for what I ate I ate everything 
I ate a really great balance of all three macronutrients, so proteins, fats, carbs. I ate a ton of potatoes just because my body does. I was, I did add rice and oatmeal back in. And after like years of not eating grains anymore, and I talked about that in previous podcast episodes as well. And I got really, really inflamed. Like I would walk down the stairs and have such pain in my knees. Like I felt like I was 80 years old. So my body was giving me like a clear indication that there was like a lot of inflammation. So I really did stick to a lot of potatoes, tons of fruit, tons of plantains. And then um, I found this gluten-free cereal, Mesa Sunrise by Nature's Path. I had that pretty much like every night, I would say, and um, or most nights, I guess. And that seemed to be fine with me. I don't know why. I never got inflammation from the cereal. But whenever I had like oatmeal and rice, the very next day, like my joints would be super inflamed, which is too bad, but I'll continue trying to add it in just to see. Cause it's nice. Like I don't like avoiding certain foods. It's nice to eat a wide variety of foods. So, um, that's kind of what I ate, but I do think it's just important, um, to eat what you love, Add in some fun food. Like, I mean, I had ice cream and, you know, thing like whatever, whatever I was craving. So really tune into your body, eat what your body's asking for um, and eat a, like a good balance of everything. If you saw my plates, you would see a good balance of proteins and carbs and fats and adding in a lot of fat is just like a really easy way to up your calories without feeling super full. Like if you have a big potato, putting a big blob of butter on it is super easy to get like at least another hundred calories in your diet without taking up a lot of space, if you know what I mean. So that's what I ate. And then I really like this question too, besides eating more, did I do anything else nutritionally? So I just added a lot of carbs, like way more carbs than I have probably ever ate um, in the past 12 years. So that just kind of gives you an idea, but like specific things, like I know a lot of girls add like maca or I don't know, whatever. Um, I never did like, I hate the taste of maca. Um, I still have yet to find a recipe where I like the taste of maca just every single time. Like, oh my gosh, it, I don't know what it is about maca, but I can't do it. Anyways, um, not really. Um, I started seed cycling in July. So I did like one full cycle of seed cycling before getting my period back. But Honestly, I don't think that's what brought my period back. But if you want to try seed cycling, do it. I mean, there's no like harm in trying seed cycling and it just like adds in more fats and more calories, which is what your body wants. So if you want to try seed cycling, 
go for it, but it's not what's going to bring your period back, right? Like you can't just like seed cycle and continue running and not chill out and not meet your minimum calories, like still be under eating and expect seed cycling to work. I just thought like I had gained quite a bit of weight and my weight seemed to like plateau and I was eating lots of food, like close to 3000 calories and, or even more. I know I've had days where I more than that. And then, um, like very, very low impact exercise. So I thought, what the heck I'll add in seed cycling and I did it. And then, um, like a month and a half, my period came back. As for supplements, what did I take? I never really took anything period specific. I take the doTERRA Lifelong Vitality Supplements, which are incredible. Um, It's a multivitamin and then an antioxidant complex formula and a fish oil. So I covered all of my basis and, um, yeah, that is what I was supplementing with the whole time. And then I also was taking a couple essential oils internally. I was taking frankincense, copaiba, and yarrow palm. Now yarrow palm is amazing for calming the body and it's really great for like adrenal health. So We all know like the hypothalamus and all of our, like, I mean, basically if you have HA, this means that your adrenals are also playing a role and they're pretty taxed at this time. Like they're also stressed out. So I was using my oils specifically to address my adrenal health as well. So yarrow palm was really important for me throughout this. But again, um, supplements are awesome, but I don't think that like, I mean, I never took anything specifically. Like a lot of girls will take, um, acetyl L-carnitine and there's a bit of acetyl L-carnitine in my um, lifelong vitality supplements but there it's not like the therapeutic dose that is usually recommended for HA recovery so I wasn't really counting that. And then what is the number one most influential thing you did about recovery? So I think it was trusting my body (laughs) and just letting her know that I trusted her. So as I shared last week, um, and truthfully, I do think this played the biggest role for me. I was definitely holding on to a belief that like if I didn't track my calories, I would undereat. And basically that was sending a message to my body that I did not trust her. And it was also operating from like a sick and lack mentality, right? So I decided to no longer operate from that mentality and I shift my mindset, started trusting my body and repeatedly 
told her every single day that I trusted her and I started acting as though I already had my period back and then my period came back and I do think that was like the one like one of the biggest things that I could have done for myself and um then we had another question things to help with recovery and obviously like All of these things that I'm talking about are super key for recovery, but I haven't mentioned having like a support system. So if you have friends or a significant other or parents, anyone in your life that loves and will support you. Fortunately, I had both of my parents. I had Scott. I had a lot of friends that would like check on me every now and then or you know even if they didn't check on me I could um email them or like text them and just like shoot them a line and let them know like hey like this is what happened like yeah I don't know it's definitely good to have a support system um so if you're doing all of these things and you're still wondering like what can help me throughout recovery I would say just having those important people in your life that you can lean on for sure. And then scroll through my Instagram account. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, I'm I am Meg Dahl on Instagram. Go over to Instagram and I have tons of posts about like recovery and I answer all of your questions. Like I answer so many questions that I've been sent in my posts. So maybe like scroll through those and see if I touch on a topic that could help you through your recovery. I know um, it's just nice, like kind of like comforting reading things that um, resonate with you and, you know, are talking about what you're going through in your own life. And then is it possible to have HA and not know it because you're on birth control. A hundred percent. I was one of those people for sure. As I mentioned last week, I had HA and then I went on birth control and I still had HA. So if you've been like on birth control for a really long time, you work out, maybe you run or you lift heavy or you're just like lifting like six times a week and you're pretty underweight or you're really lean and you're not maybe eating enough. Those are all signs that you might still have HA even if you're on the pill. And then finally, final question. Did you ever have blood work done? And yes, I had blood work done right at the beginning of this whole process. So back in like September, I ran blood work. And I think I talked about this in episode 44 with Nico when we talked about all things HA. So you might want to go back to episode 44 if you have more questions about HA and like the recovery process. But yes, I did have blood work done. My LH was incredibly low. And I mean, like my other hormones were low too, but LH being low is a good indicator that you do have HA. So I'm very excited to go to the doctor now and have my blood work done and just like see where my LH levels are. 
it'll be pretty interesting. And once I get them back, I will update you ladies and maybe we will have more questions by then. I don't know. So I'm excited to release this episode and have you all listen to it. And don't forget, if you're listening to the show and you love what you hear and it resonates with you, then please like take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Tag me at I am Meg Dahl and I will share it. And thank you. And we'll chat on Instagram. Okay, so I hope this answered all of your questions. Thanks for tuning in, my loves.